everyone, it's Mark with Care in the Load. I've got Jeremy Smith with me here this evening. Uh, Jeremy and I have a lot of things in common, but uh, one in particular thing uh, we have in common that is something that I wanted to talk about this evening, and that is the fact that uh, both of us are married to women who have experienced uh, serious abuse in one form or another throughout their lives. And it's uh, not, not an easy subject to talk about, Jeremy, is it? No, not at all. It's uh, something that uh, as, we, as we share some thoughts and some ideas with you today, our hope is that, is that uh, we might be able to give you some, some hope, some ideas, some, uh, some, some measures of uh, understanding that will help you, whether you're in an abusive situation, whether you have been in an abusive situation in the past and are trying to get out of it. The one thing that I'll just start with is this, that uh, neither Jeremy or I are subject matter experts. We're not clinicians. Right. Uh, we're, we're just a couple of husbands of wives who we've had experiences with and helping them to uh, progress along the way. And, you know, when we talk about abusive type situations, abuse shows its ugly head in so many different ways. We, we know that there's uh, sexual abuse, physical abuse, uh, you know, hitting uh, people, there's child abuse, there's elderly abuse. There's so many different ways that uh, someone can be abused, and there's two things that are common in any type of abuse, and that is the abuser and the abused. And as we, we talk about uh, some ideas today, we, we want to share with you uh, some, some ideas again that will help you to uh, understand how you can get out of this kind of an abusive type of a situation. And often when we're in an abusive type of a situation, we, we find that uh, there are times that uh, that we often refer to the uh, the abuse as a journey, not as uh, an event. What, what does that mean to you, Jeremy? Well, to me, I mean, you, you know that right on the head. A journey is something that takes a lot longer. Um, an event is something that happens quickly. Uh, whereas when you're healing from abuse, that's not something that just happens overnight or uh, in a week. It takes almost a lifetime sometimes. It can take a woman five or a man five to ten years to be able to get over something uh, like that. You know, I'm glad you said that, a woman or a man or a child. You know, really, there's nobody that's exempt from abuse. Right. And abuse does show its ugly head in so many different areas there. And when we when we talk about the abuser, there, there are things that are fairly consistent with, with abuse and uh, the abuser there. And uh, that is the fact that uh, the, the abuser thinks it's really their right or role to abuse that person. They think that uh, they're entitled to use force. Uh, and oftentimes it's a learned behavior. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not necessarily generational to generational, but it is a learned behavior. And uh, more often than not, the abuser is a person that wants to be in control. And because of that, we find that uh, that uh, the, the abusers can have many different uh, looks in life. It could be your next door neighbor. It could be the person that you see in the newspaper that this is their fifth arrest for an abusive type of a situation. But there are some of the things that regardless of who the abuser is, there are some things that they do that are pretty, pretty common. Uh, some of those things are helping the uh, helping. That's a not, a, not, not a good word here, uh, but to to instill upon the person that they're abusing that they're not good enough. Right. Have you ever run into that issue? Oh, absolutely. Um, I've also seen that the abuser just wants them to live in fear of the abuser um, so that they can take that full control of the person. 
and, and that's a really tough thing because uh, that's exactly what they're doing. It's, it's all about the abuser mm-hmm. and not the abused. Right. And so when we, when we look at abuse in its absolute worst form, uh, we, we see that uh, that, uh, that particular idea of trying to make the, uh, the, the abused feel inferior. Right. And it's I really think common. It is. And I think that that's one of the biggest steps that the abuser needs to realize. Because a lot of them will feel like, oh, they're abusing me because of something I did wrong. Mm-hmm. Whereas it's really something that the abuser is doing wrong. Excuse me. I think I said abuser before, but abused. Yeah. Um, thinks that they are doing something wrong. But it's really the abuser that has the issues that they're trying to deal with and need help with. You know, and, and it's really sad that uh, we have to deal with this kind of an issue on this type of a uh, podcast here. But it does happen. Mm-hmm. And I think that you'd be very surprised. Everyone would be very surprised if they realized just how much abuse actually happened around us. And, uh, you know, it's it's sad that, uh, that uh, two out of every five children in one way or another have been abused. Mm. Isn't that pathetic? That's horrible. Uh, so, so let's not talk so much about the, the abuser, but let's talk about the abused. Mm-hmm. You and I are, whether we want to be or not, a support group to our spouses. Right, exactly. Uh, and both your wife and my wife dealt with completely different types of abuse. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, those same feelings of not feeling good enough uh, are, are often feelings that come up. Feelings that uh, have to be uh, remedied, and and it's and it's something unfortunately that uh, that is is a is a partner to the abused. When I say a partner, I'm talking about uh, your spouse or if you're a, if you're a parent to an abused child. Sometimes we wonder what should we say, what shouldn't we say, what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. Right. And sometimes we dance around on eggshells, don't we? Oh, absolutely. And I think that's definitely something that you learn along the way too. I mean, you won't always get it right. But for me, I've adjusted things that I've said, or I've caught myself saying something I shouldn't have said. And so I'll, I'll, I'll realize that and not try and say that again. Sometimes there's triggers, aren't there? Oh, absolutely. I didn't even know what a trigger was until I, I got married to my yeah. wife. Yeah. Yeah. Triggers can be very, uh, very difficult in the fact that we don't know until we've experienced that. Right. We wonder, why, why is she acting like that? Well, it's because something triggered an emotion that uh, was very difficult mm-hmm. uh, for her there. So, you know, we, we often wonder as, as a, a support group is, why is this happening to me? That's kind of a selfish way to look at this here. Yeah. It, you realize it once you're in that position. Um, I think that uh, once you realize that, okay, it, it was them that had, they had the issues happen to them. How can I be a more of a support? And you become selfless in that way. Mm-hmm the doors open and you realize all the things that you can be doing to help your spouse or loved one, um, whoever you're helping, uh, in many different ways that you wouldn't even realize was possible to help them. Sometimes we don't know how to act or react to mm-hmm. those kind of situations. And I think that's one of the most difficult things that uh, the support person has to deal with when they're dealing with, uh, an abused spouse or, or, or a, a child in their family, perhaps there. And so as we, as we look at uh, ways to support, the first thing that uh, we need to recognize, I think more than anything else, is that our role is to be just that, the supporter. Right. We, can't, uh, we can't put ourselves in a position where we wonder, why is all of this happening to me? Because it's not happening to you personally. It's happening to the abused. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the most difficult things that, uh, that uh, often the caregiver has to deal with, is 
learning how to recognize, okay, this isn't about me, this is about you. What can I do to support you? Now, the thing that I've found over many years, uh, my wife and I have been married for 36 years. And as we've dealt with uh, some of the uh, issues that she dealt with as a child, some of those some of those things maybe a generation ago were not as uh, as dealt with the way that we deal with things today. For right. example, uh, Uncle Joe was accused of uh, of uh, abusing a child. Well, a generation ago, we would have probably tried to sweep it under the rug. Yeah, we can't uh, let uh, other people know that our family is less than perfect. Uh, and, and because of that, uh, the the abused is one that uh, doesn't get the help that they really need. Right. No, absolutely. Exactly. And I think that, uh, too, with that, uh, even today, I think that we still see that a lot. Um, they try to sweep it under the rug and try to keep their family name intact. But And I honestly think that's part of the issue. Uh, it's part of what makes things get prolonged um, with the abused. Uh, and they're not getting the proper help they need when they need it. And, sure. and, I, and I want to talk about that proper help in a second here, but I'm going to talk about uh, man here for a second yeah, here because, you know, it's it's kind of a man thing to try to fix everything. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Do you ever notice that? Yeah. Uh, that. You know, for, for a long time, I, I tried to fix my spouse in the fact that, uh, hey, we can resolve this and we can get this thing figured out together. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a big part of it. Sure is. But when it comes to abuse, often we can't uh, we, we can't fix it ourselves. Right. And how many times did you find yourself saying, "Why aren't you fixed yet? Why aren't you fixed yeah. yet?" Yeah. You know, and it's it's not like that. It's not a uh, you're fixed. It's something that you both work on for a long time to get your yourselves both comfortable uh, with the situations. You know, I, I think that's a really important point there, and I also think it's important to recognize that uh, if we're not careful, we can sometimes fall into uh, the. Uh, the, the problem of, of, of being too supportive, trying to be too supportive there and being becoming codependent. Right. And uh, there, there, are a lot of, uh, there, there are a lot of men out there that uh, have really tried to fix the problem without understanding that it was much further beyond what they could possibly do. Right. And so one of the things we have to be very conscious of, I think, uh, very often is that uh, this is something that uh, really needs more professional uh, help with. Agreed. You know, if, if you do find yourself in a in a situation like this where it's uh, uncovered that uh, there are situations that have occurred that uh, have been debilitating for the abused person, professional help is probably the most important thing that they can look at. Absolutely. And uh, in doing that, I uh, would, would encourage you to seek out uh, someone that uh, you trust that uh, maybe understands uh situations like this maybe that uh, maybe if if they're a a therapist they can help you if not maybe they can direct you to somebody that might help you uh to find the the right person there right so what are some of the things that we can do i know that uh, we we've talked about the situation and we've we've talked about abuse as being a fairly unpleasant type of a thing Mm -hmm. Uh, what are some of the things that you've done to to bring this whole idea of abuse forefront and to help your wife with yeah, experiences great question um so i think what i've learned is that like i've been able to read my wife now and her emotions mm-hmm. and i've tried to uh, learn when she's going through something that she probably doesn't want to talk about but i know that it has to do with her past and she was triggered and i have to realize that okay even though i'm having a bad day she's having a worse day because i can tell that she was triggered 
or I can tell that something's weighing on her that uh, is from the past. And so I'll be able to, uh, once I sense that, I'll adjust my attitude into more of a helping and brush off the fact that I might need help or uh, brush off the uh, my day just so that I can help her, um, if that makes sense. It, it, it does, and I, and I think it's a great point because... I think what we have to learn sometimes as the support group to the abused there is that uh, it's okay if we don't come first. We might have had a tough day at work. We come home, and, uh, and, and I love what you just said, that we might come home after a tough day and find that our, our spouse has had an even tougher day mm-hmm. because they've had to deal with uh, the, the issues that, uh, that, have, that have come to their mind there. And so there's a couple of things I think that uh, are important and uh, some ideas here that I uh, would encourage you to maybe consider here. The first would be to be supportive and loyal. Mm-hmm. You know, as, as we're supportive, it'd be very easy. And we've seen more damaged marriages. We've seen more damaged relationships when the support person doesn't realize their role in the situation there. Very often we'll see people who say, hey, I can't deal with this any longer without realizing that... Uh, you know, in order for this thing to get uh, to get resolved, and and resolved is a is a pretty uh, pretty loaded word there because resolve for one person may mean something totally different. Right. And resolve doesn't necessarily mean that uh, you're you're asking the person that abused you for forgiveness. That may or may never happen in this life. Yeah. Uh, but what it does mean is that uh, we are there to support that individual, and in fact. It's, it's interesting because when I see people that uh, seem like they're really in love, people that have uh, been through some real stressors in their lives, whether it uh, be uh, dealing with the death of a child, uh, dealing with uh, uh, debilitating injuries or diseases and things, or, or having to deal with, with uh, dear, difficult situations in their lives like abuse, the, the best marriages I've ever seen are those when... The person that's giving the support gives that undying support and saying, hey, whatever it is that you need, I'm here to help you with. Right. Instead of turning the other cheek. Right, exactly. Well, let me ask you this. So you've been married 36 years, which congratulations. Thank you. Oh, that's awesome. I've only been married three to my wife. So how long did it take for you to realize what you needed to do as a support for your wife? Because it was a, she was a child when this happened. Right. And so for 36 years of marriage, when did that kick in for you? Yeah, that's, that's a great question because uh, it didn't happen immediately. And I didn't uh, walk into my marriage knowing everything that had happened to my wife mm-hmm. before before we were married. Uh, it's it's uh, something that uh, has has uh, reared its head probably in the last 15, 20 years. Okay. And uh, in that 15 or 20 years, we, we uh, found early on that uh, the best thing to do was to seek some professional help. Okay. But I'll tell you, as a supportive person, it probably didn't kick in until I actually started uh, seeing a support person myself to help me to better understand what my role is and how I could support my wife as she's dealing with these tough situations. Mm-hmm. And so it, it was uh, something that, uh, that uh, was, was difficult at the time, and uh, maybe it didn't, uh, maybe it didn't uh, manifest itself as quickly as, as Maybe some other situations manifest themselves. Sure. You know, there when when we're talking about abuse, there's there's obviously some warning signs. There, there's uh, you know, there's some things that uh, we just might need to ask as support people for those that we're supporting. Uh, if we see something, I, I made a mistake one time, 
And uh, the mistake that I made was I, I said to my wife, you don't look yourself tonight. It's like you're in a trance. Hmm. Well, that word trance brought back some, some memories that uh, were very difficult. Oh, wow. And it probably even made the situation even worse yeah. there because uh, she would almost go into a trance when, when she was uh, having to deal with the abusive type situations that uh, she, she went through. Sure. And so that was one of the things that uh, really uh, was important for me is to recognize the triggers. We, we hear the term uh, PTSD. Mm-hmm. And we think when we think of PTSD, we think of uh, 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 warriors coming home from war yeah. and uh, the things that they had to see. Sometimes we don't recognize that PTSD is as real for an abused person as it was for someone that uh, saw some pretty horrific things on the battlefield. Absolutely. And so with that, uh, there, there are times that I need to recognize that I need to know the boundaries. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are times that, uh, you know, that, uh, that uh, my wife might not want me to touch her. And I, and I recognize, I think I, I better recognize things now than maybe I did 20 years ago. Sure. Uh, but uh, PTSD is real. Oh, and it absolutely is. And it's something that, uh, you know, as we're talking about uh, recovery, we need to recognize that uh, each victim's recovery journey is completely different. Mm-hmm. There is not, there's no such thing as a, a one-size-fits-all approach to dealing with abuse. I know sometimes as a, a support person, a support giver, there are times when I've thought, when is this going to end? When is life going to be back to normal again? And uh, that's probably not a very good question to ask. Right. Uh, the question should probably be, what can I do to support you, knowing that uh, there may be some resolution, and we sure hope that there's some resolution in this in the near future, but it might take, depending on the abuse, it might take some time. Oh, absolutely. And so, so with that... And help, and the professional Well, and, and I think that that's the really critical piece to it here as well, is, is that there, there does need to be help. So a couple of thoughts. When we're dealing with child abuse, as a caregiver, as a parent... As uh, someone, someone that uh, sees these innocent children there, there's a few things that uh, we, we can do as we step into the situation. Again, we don't want to sound like an ostrich, right. where the ostrich sticks its head in the sand and doesn't see what's going on around us. What we can do is uh, we, we can uh, respond quickly and carefully. One of the things that we have to recognize is that uh, this is a serious, serious thing. We, we live in a time where there's a lot of uh, allegations going on, and sometimes we wonder, is this allegation real? Is it not real? And in fact, even when it comes to abusive-type situations years and years later, the question might come out, did this really happen, or did you have a dream that this might have happened? Right. And uh, the reality is, is, that, uh, is that these things do happen, and uh, they, they happen more often than we think. And so... Responding quickly and carefully, we need to make sure that that child is getting the immediate support that they need. Right. If we if we are concerned about something, uh, you know, there are ecclesiastical leaders we can go to. There are uh, there there there's a police we can go to. Uh, sometimes we have to be very very careful, recognizing that uh, we 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 don't want to falsely accuse. But at the same time, I think it's important that we would side on the side of caution. Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, the other thing, regardless of the type of abuse, whether it's child abuse or any other type of abuse, we need to make sure that that person understands that they're not to blame. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's part of the hardest part um, is to help them understand that because a lot of times they feel that guilt. Um, they feel like it was their fault. 
Mm-hmm. And so it's it's hard to help them understand that. Do you, do you think it would be difficult to uh, for someone as if you're the if you're the caregiver and uh, you are maybe making some assertions? Oh, are you sure this really happened? Right. Yeah. You know, what what would that do to the abused? Oh, it'd make them feel like they don't have support or love. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree, and I think that's probably the third important point here is make sure that uh, that child, that child, or that person understands that uh, that you are that trusted person in their life mm-hmm. that uh, that they can go to. You know, and that's a difficult thing because uh, often the abuser tries to put themselves out as the trusted right uncle, friend, parent, well, whatever right. the case might be, exactly. spouse. Yeah, and I think too um, when when you're the adult and your child is abused, like, let's put it this way. Um, if my son or daughter got beat up at a schoolyard, I my wings puff up, and I'm going to that school, and I'm going to start defending my child tooth and nail. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the times, people don't realize it's not stranger danger anymore. It's family danger. And so usually if you're finding out that your child was abused, it's usually somebody you know. And so you, your first thought is denial, and you need to get over that. You can't have that denial initially. Otherwise, that's what's going to affect your child the most. You need to puff up your feathers and go to go to work and protect your child. And a lot of the times, uh, parents don't see it that way. Or sometimes a parent, you know, you, you're a dad. How yeah. many how many kids do you have? We have eight. You've actually. got eight, eight children eight uh, between the between the two of you there. Uh-huh. Yeah. So three. I had four in my previous marriage. She had three, mm-hmm. and then we have one together. You know, as a, as a parent, especially as a, as a dad. We, we want to make sure that everything is, is good for our child there, yeah. you know. And uh, sometimes, you know, we, we, we wear that uh, role as dad uh, so seriously that uh, we would do anything to protect that child. Exactly. Uh, there. And uh, so, you know, we, we need to be really careful uh, with that. Uh, you know, as, as a parent, we need to listen to their concerns as a child. Yeah, absolutely. Or as a spouse. We need to listen to their concerns. We need to be an example of kindness, of love, and and patience, and uh, and and uh, really focus on the solutions to the current problems. Uh, there, we need to, uh, when appropriate, lead, uh, uh, enlist the aid of a, a professional, as we were talking before. Mm-hmm. There, that's that's important because uh, because often, again, we we can't solve the problem as much as we'd like to. We need to avoid probably uh, excessive probing into details of the yeah. situation. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I learned a long time ago that uh, that uh, abuse does happen, and it did happen, and it's uh, something that uh, that uh, you know we, we, we can't we, we can't fix everything as much as we'd like yeah, to. We'd want to, but yeah, we can't. So you know that that brings up a thought as well. I know that uh, sometimes those that are abused come out. Uh, with their concerns and with their abuse years and years later. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there are memories of childhood abuse that only come out uh, because their mind allows them to go that uh, down that path Exactly. Uh, many years after that. I know that uh, uh, some who believe that they were abused as children, uh, in- include, including those who reported abuse, and, you know, they may not recall or, or tell others of the uh, alleged mistreatment until they're adults. Well, yeah, and, and honestly, a lot of that, too, even with my wife, um, she actually didn't re- recall her abuse until she was triggered um, in, in a traumatic event later on in her life. Mm-hmm. So sometimes uh, that, that new trauma will bring back that PTSD, as we talked about before. 
So you might be walking around not knowing you have it. Right, right. And you know, as they as they try to reconstruct those childhood memories, they, they often have difficult uh, difficulty in determining what actually happened. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, there and uh, you know we, we need to be careful. We need to avoid making judgments about uh, uh, those reported mm-hmm. events. It's very easy to take sides. Oh, it is. You yeah. know how could Uncle Joe have done this? He's a right. good guy. Yeah. You know he was a uh, stalwart member of his community, of his church, whatever. How could that actually happen? But we need to understand that memory in itself is very complex, and and sometimes it's it's so difficult uh, to to try to help somebody when we have ourselves those concerns and those issues that are going through our own minds. Oh, exactly. There, and so, you know, a, a couple of thoughts uh, here. Uh, you know, be careful not to uh, insulate the abuser. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when did this abuse happen? Uh, are you concerned that there might be other victims? Uh, you know, and, and what, are, what are some of the others that might be at risk right now? That's, that's an important question. Mm-hmm. And we have to be so careful because when we, when we read about uh, those that have been uh, abusers, we often find that theirs wasn't the only abuse that took place. Right. You mentioned something really interesting a minute ago, and that is, is that uh, everyone, it seems like, uh, that uh, has had abuse, not everyone, but uh, many. In fact, the, the numbers are over 80% of those that have been abused, have been abused by someone that was a trusted friend mm-hmm. or family member. Right, exactly. And so we've we, we got to be really careful uh, as to not insulate uh, the abuser in the situation. Here's, you know, as, as, we're, looking, as we're looking at uh, some of the ideas, I, I came across uh, some of the signs that we can sometimes see when it mm-hmm. comes to, uh, for example, domestic violence. Yeah, absolutely. Something that uh, that uh, I, I know that there are so many people out there. Uh, some of the signs are threats. Mm-hmm. Some of the signs are physical or social isolation. Uh, Just you know, seeing. Yeah, yeah the, you know, the abuser may deny access to family or friends. Yeah. Uh, they might insist on choosing the spouse's friends. If we see that, uh, you know, we should we should have a little bit of a caution in our mind there. You know, there may be extreme jealousy or possessiveness that uh, we see. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we, we might see that, uh, uh, you know, just control and, and compulsion. And when this happens, uh, you know, again, you, you mentioned uh, early on in, in our, uh, in our uh, uh, podcast here that uh, the abuser thinks that it's their right. Mm-hmm. And it's their role. And the, the, the abuser feels entitled to use force. And, uh, you know, again, we talked about it being a learned behavior for, for many of these people. Many of them uh, actually saw this. Well, a lot of them were abused themselves. Yeah. And yeah. so that's they, that's why they feel that it's okay. Um, and they so imagine being raised, being abused, and then all of a sudden you're the adult and you can overpower somebody. Then you feel that strength and you feel that power. And that's why you're going to abuse somebody. And so you're just doing the exact same thing to somebody else that you went through. And, and you know, that's a great point. Uh, very often it's a generational type of a situation yeah. uh, there. And uh, what, what a wonderful thing that uh, the abused could actually uh, resolve this with themselves and uh, stop that cycle mm-hmm. there. You know, a trusted and respected leader, uh, Thomas Monson, uh, said once, he said, if only all children had loving parents, safe homes, and uh, caring friends, what a wonderful world 
theirs would be. Unfortunately, not all children are so bounteously blessed. Some children witness their fathers savagely beating their mothers, while others are on the receiving end of such abuse. You know, what a sad commentary. Oh, absolutely. You know, and I think, too, th- there was one abuse that you didn't mention at the beginning, uh, emotional abuse. Uh, that is, obviously, it's the end result from all the other abuses, too. Um, but it is something that I've been seeing a lot lately. Um, like, if you have a husband yelling at a wife, um, and the things that he says to her, or vice versa. I was actually emotionally abused in my last marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, just the things you say matter, and they do affect people. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. And it not only affects uh, spouses, mm-hmm. it especially affects children. It does. It really does. And uh, sometimes uh, the, the trauma that comes from that uh, is, is lifelong as well. Absolutely. Well, our point today for you is that uh, recovery is possible. It is. I, I, I'm a firm believer in couples therapy. I, I believe that that helps. <laughs> it sure does. You know, and honestly, Annie and I, I, it, it's, I feel like it, it would normally be embarrassing to say this, but we went to marriage counseling within our first six months of marriage. But my, the old Jeremy, yeah, that's embarrassing. But now I'm like, everybody should go to marriage counseling. Even if you have a great relationship, uh, it changes you. It, it th- therapy works. Marriage counseling works. I've honestly, even since, uh, I went to counseling for myself. Um, and so professionals know what they're doing. They know how to help you um, as long as you let down your pride and you actually go and do that. Um, and so that's for both the supporter and the abused. Um, I think uh, really need to know that. Yeah, I, I appreciate your honesty and your vulnerability there because it's so true. Uh, there, there are so many uh, resources out there that uh, that we can uh, that we can go to, uh-huh. but sometimes it's our pride. Sometimes it's maybe we feel that there's a social stigma. You know, if this person saw me walking in the door of that therapist's office, mm-hmm. oh, that'd be terrible. Yeah, it was actually funny because my therapist he goes. Um, well, where do you live? And I'm like, oh, Lehigh. And he's like, okay, well, I live there too. So if I see you in the store, just know that I won't come up and talk to you. <laughs> I'm like, I, I get it, but I don't mind if you come up and talk to me. But you know what I mean? And so they're protecting me, and I understand sure. that, and I appreciate that. But um, just know that the therapists would do that if you have that kind of concern. You know, our encouragement with you tonight would be to get referrals for a good therapist. Oh, absolutely. You know, where do you go for a good referral? You can go to many different sources. Uh, very often, your minister, your ecclesiastical leader, your rabbi, whoever it might be, might be someone that you could go to and ask them specific questions as mm-hmm. to who they might suggest. And you'd be surprised how many times that question's probably been asked to oh, them. Absolutely. Yeah, actually, I'm actually good friends with... Uh, so the leader in my church, you mm-hmm. know, in my warden. Um, that's where I got information for our family counseling. And I did, for my counselor, I did my own research, you know, and I read reviews. I read about the uh, my therapist's history. I read about what he specializes in, and that's how I chose him. So Did you interview him first? I, I didn't. In, I went to a, our first meeting, technically, uh-huh. was an a interview for both of us. Um, and we decided at the end of that whether we would continue or not. Um, and we did. And he did a great job. Good, good. You know, it's 
it's a guy thing again to think that this can be a quick fix. All I need to do is go to a visit or two and uh, everything is going to be just fine. Right. We want it to be fine. It's not always going to be fine. Right. Uh, and so that's where that's where we have to be careful that we don't have expectations that this is going to be resolved right. with within a certain period of time. Well, let's let's do this. Let's let's conclude today's topic with a uh, note on the positive side. Sure. Uh yeah, the the, the positive is this. Resolutions do come. It might not be in your uh, time frame that uh, you'd like it to come, but they do come. Absolutely. But the key is to get uh, the help that you really need. Uh, you know, the other the other thing I would suggest is uh, understanding that your relationship can become better when you start putting the abused person first. Mm-hmm. I think that's such a critical critical thought. There is that when we when we take away, and and, and I don't want to sound. Anything other than supportive here, but we have to take away that selfishness. Oh, absolutely. There and again, realize that it's not uh, it's not our issue. Mm-hmm. It's it's uh, the fact that we're trying to support someone else. Uh, I, I have a quote that was uh, entitled "The Proclamation on the Family," yeah. and uh, it's it's something that uh, in our church uh, I, I thought uh, was, was a great uh, was was a great proclamation, and it in, in part says that all human beings, male and female, are created in the image of God. Each is a beloved spirit, son, or daughter of heavenly parents. And as such, each has a divine nature and destiny. Husband and wife have a solemn responsibility to love and to care for each other, for their children. And parents have a a very sacred duty to rear their children in love to provide for their physical and spiritual needs. I'm going to give you... The last word, Jeremy, uh, as to your thoughts, as to is there anything that we're missing here? Anything that uh, you think could be of, of help as we're talking about a sensitive subject like this? Um, you know, I think what I've learned uh, with my marriage and, and going through all of this is uh, life is just about finding the joy in the journey. Uh, it's not going to be easy. I can promise you that. But it'll definitely be worth it. Um, but... Another thing, too, is there is hope. You know, a lot of people lose hope. Um, they feel disconnected, uh, but it's there. Uh, as long as you can find hope in your, and faith in yourself and have a good relationship with God, uh, he'll help you get through everything. I could say a big amen to that. Yeah. Uh, there, We appreciate you listening today on what we think is such a very sensitive topic. There's there's really no dancing around this, is there? No. Uh-uh. Uh if you have questions, we would encourage you to reach out to a professional who can help you through this process. And uh, We would encourage you to look to the stars, not to the ground. Keep your feet securely planted and remember that uh, really tomorrow has the potential of being a better day. It sure does. Uh, thanks, Jeremy, for joining me today. Yeah, of course. Uh, and very enlightening for me, and I appreciate your insights. And uh, we recognize that uh, this is something that uh, can, can really uh, be something that is not talked about much. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we hope that uh, we've brought some ideas and some, uh, some thoughts that will help you as you uh, progress along your journey. So, so thank appreciate you. Appreciate it. Yeah, you too. All right. Take care of yourself, take care of your health, your finances, but most importantly, take care of each other.